0: With Ali Rizvi and Armin Navabi.
1: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Secular Jihadist for a Muslim Enlightenment. My name is Ali Rizvi. Armin, how are you? Armin, you're a little tense today.
2: Yeah, man, I woke up like I know the protests, Iran protests were intense, but this morning when I woke up and I saw the messages coming at me from Iran, uh, the, the amount of like it was already escalating yesterday. But this morning, when the like it was already the speed at which things were changing on the ground was already in t- very extremist. Today, but I didn't think it's going to get to where we are right now yeah. today. Like. So it, let's yeah, so- let's, uh,
1: let's, let's let's figure out. Let's let give everybody a little bit of a background because a okay. lot of people may not know what's going on, and I'm serious about that because the news cycle everywhere you go, they're all talking about Trump's impeachment hearing. So there's a there's actually something really really significant that's going on. Across the rest of the world, there's several, gov- in, in recently protests in Lebanon have caused the Lebanese government to resign, uh, protests in Iraq have caused the Iraqi government to resign, and right now uh, we're experiencing some of the most intense protests in Iran since 2009, since the Green Revolution there. Uh, this is way beyond what happened in 2017-2018, or no, 2018-2019.
2: Yeah, by s- by some measures is is getting worse than 2009. By some measures, it hasn't gotten there yet.
1: Yeah, no, no, no we'll yeah. get to that. Okay, okay, we'll get to that. So now, what's happening is uh, that this started, quote unquote, started. Uh, there's a, the trigger for this was a, an announcement on on Friday by the Iranian government, the hardline Islamic uh, regime uh, there, that they're going to increase fuel prices, oil prices, uh, in some cases by up to. Um, 300%. so massive increase in that. Why did they want to do it? Because they said they wanted to generate money so they could give it to other people who needed it. So it's a redistribution scheme taking advantage of people who needed to travel and just raising gas prices. Uh, there's a lot of frustration with that because Iran is under very severe sanctions from the Trump administration since the, mm-hmm. the, the bust up of the Iran deal that the U.S. Uh, basically violated and withdrew from. Um, and, uh, as a result of those sanctions, they're, they're Violated or withdrew
2: from depends on who you're speaking to. Okay. Violated. Who you're speaking to. Yeah. Okay. But, but, I
1: mean, you, you can't, when you have a treaty yeah. and you just decide to pull out of it for no reason, I mean, you're kind of, in, in a way it's a, well, anyway,
2: no, Okay. That's I'll, I'll get, but... I'll, no, that's not semantics because people could argue you're not pulling out of a treaty where other members of the treaty already Cancelled it, so you technically don't have to abide by it. When United States mm-hmm. pulled out, you're not violating because they they've already pulled out. So what you don't have to abide by the treaty. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. All
1: right so on. so what happens is that uh, um, so a- after this, there's like these severe sanctions on Iran. Uh, unemployment's gone through the roof. Your uh, inflation has gone through the roof, and now this announcement of fuel prices and and these people had had enough. But then, as what happens in Iran it seems like there has been a bubbling kind of undercurrent of anti-government sentiment and anti-theocracy sentiment um, and just a problem with the Islamic Republic, a dissatisfaction with their regime for a very long time. And now what you're seeing with these protests that quote-unquote started with the fuel prices, you know, you're seeing people saying, we don't want the Islamic Republic. You're seeing people carrying a flag with the Allah in the middle of the flag cut out. Uh, you're seeing people actually b- burning Qurans. Uh, you're and uh, you know uh, you have all these other protests. You've got the White Wednesday thing, women taking off their hijabs and burning them, and so on. So all of this stuff coming in. Banks have been set on fire. Municipal buildings have been set on fire. I mean, the, the entire place is, uh, you know, it's it's a it's a lot of unrest. And uh, Armin, I think you're you're especially close because you know a lot of people in Iran. You grew up in Tehran, obviously. Interestingly, another distinction in this protest is that. It is not happening as fiercely in Tehran, Mm -hmm. and Tehran is, uh, you know, that's the one place. Say, well, you know, Tehran is kind of modern and secular and westernized anyway. This is happening mostly in Shiraz, and is it As Asfa or what's the name? of the city?
2: Actually, the the images, the videos that are coming out of Shiraz right now are the the most intense ones that I have seen. If I see Parsa is in the live chat, so he might also disagree with me or not. But let me know because. I woke up when this morning. People are telling me that Shiraz has fallen. Like that's I don't know if it's like I have to like do a little more more digging because I don't want to. Uh, a lot of these news is coming from the ground. Some m- most of it hasn't been validated by any indep- by any news sources, but it is coming from the ground. And the numbers that we're getting is all over the place, right? So people who've been killed, yeah, yeah, of people that have been killed by right, the government, like so the reason why this is so different is because the government didn't wait this time okay so they they increased the prices people came into the streets the government just started shooting at people directly at the people like it wasn't day two like usually it's like day five day six things get escalated the government are like okay let's start shooting people this one was like shooting like day one shooting people in their face like right right away or like Holy shit like what? Okay. And another thing that was different this time than other and I think like if, again you guys could correct me if I'm wrong especially Parsa and Faraz. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, no, Faraz. And I uh, before you go on I should also mention that whatever information Armin that you're getting all of the stuff especially since uh, since Sunday is that the internet, there's been the largest internet shutdown in Iranian history. That was what yeah, I was that, about happened, to say. Yeah. No,
2: that was exactly what I was about to say. I would like another thing that was Whatever we're getting
1: is probably underreported.
2: Yeah. Whatever. No. Hold on. Okay. So the another thing that was different. So the first thing that was different is that they started shooting at people right away. And I think they were. This is something that they were pre- prepared for from, from before. Like the government was like, okay, this is what we're going to do in time protest. Shoot that people right away. Holy, okay, uh, don't wait. Don't wait for it to get bigger. Another thing that was different is that usually they cut the int- the last time they cut the internet was again when things got escalated like you know 4 days 7 days 10 days something i don't remember exactly how many days after the start of the protest this is i'm talking about the 2018 protests all right so people are going to start so r- remember we had protests in 2009 we had protests in 2018 and now we have tw- uh, protests in 2019 okay and obviously we have the islam uh, the original Uh, 1979 Islamic Revolution as well, right? So people are going to naturally compare these with each other's going forward. But uh, it's going to be hard right now to compare this, but uh, with, you know, because we just started. But given how fast things are escalating, this is, even at day four, this is much worse than uh, the 2018 protests when it comes to casualty and the intensity. It hasn't yet gotten to the 2009 protest levels, But given how fast things are escalating, it could get there fast. I don't know. We'll see if tonight there's going to be more protests or not. But the number of deaths hasn't reached 2009 levels, I think. I don't know, because the numbers are all over the place. Obviously, the government data numbers are you cannot definitely trust that they are very low. Right. But then I I was yesterday, I was getting numbers like 30. This morning I'm getting numbers like 100 from news sources I'm getting numbers like a hundred dead. From ground sources I'm getting between 200 to 400 dead. I don't know if that's true but if that is true like holy cow like were they four. I don't okay so I'm going to be tweet so because I can't verify any of this. I'm going to be tweeting about this. I'm seeing the videos the videos you can trust the videos because the videos at least you know these are recorded from the ground. But they they cut the internet on day one. This is unprecedented, right? They didn't wait. The entire internet of the entire country is cut. I think they again. I don't know if this is true or not, but apparently the IRGC still has access to internet. I don't know how these Mm -hmm. videos are making it out. Are coming?
1: Yeah. Well, people are figuring out. Well, what's really interesting, if you guys are uh, for people listening, you should you should really check out. uh, So Iranian uh, the official Iranian state has a. Uh, a media outlet called Press TV. So if you go to PressTV.com, um, it, they have all of the, all of the obviously, government headlines are saying, IRGC saying, rioting and insecurity will be dealt with decisively. The U.S. wants unrest in Iran. The U.S. is responsible for this. Uh, Iranians are entitled to protest, but insecurity will not be tolerated. Like You know, there's all of this sort of wordplay. But what's uh, interesting about it is that even with their state media outlets, you can tell that they're kind of spooked like the Iranian regime they are uh, reacting in a way i think this is we don't know exactly what it is but it feels like just going just by their reaction and the kind of stuff what? they're putting out it seems like it's just a lot more intense right and it's it's kind of spooking them a little bit more than usual well the, the uh, reason
2: why this is spooky to i would i think this is even okay let's i don't know what okay so a lot of the anti regime people think this is it the government is coming down this is it this is it this is our opportunity we we failed in 2018 but now it's going to happen right I don't know if that's true or not I don't know if the government will be able to completely um, you know shut this down or not the, given how intense they're coming at it it seems like they are they're they're like they're not holding back at all but the, but yeah, even, the- even if they manage to shut this down and in the next few days it gets quiet I don't know if it's going to get quiet or not the thing is that the The protests are ca- happening now. What every year now, and every time it's going to become more bigger than the last time. So even if they manage to shut this down, it seems like this is just going to keep happening, right? And if it's mm-hmm. it, if that is true, if it's just going to keep happening, you have to remember that the, the government has to w- has to be able to completely you know shut it down every single time to for for them not to go down. The people have to win one time, right? The government has to win every single time. The mm-hmm. people have to win one time for this government to come down. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. But that's a yeah, that's a really good point. I, I, <laughs> the 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 other thing is I think that this time I, I to me from what I'm seeing so because usually you had like hundreds and hundreds of videos that were uploaded in the previous protests and you saw them there were big crowds they were chanting things it was all very intense but this time the municipal buildings burning, the banks on fire, the cars on fire.
0: Right. Uh, like
1: it is, it's, and it's all happening so fast. And I feel like they responded really aggressively because of the same reason. And then the other thing is like, they're going around and now they have all these lines like, you know, well, we're, we're trying to redistribute the money and we're trying to give it to the poor people. But the thing is, they're not talking about how they actually got the money by raising fuel prices 300. percent So I, I don't even think it's about the fuel prices as much. I feel like no, it's, it's really not. more. No, it's definitely than, not. This is exactly like is Lebanon. Yeah, it's a, they're they're bullshitting the people that are saying, "Oh, look, we're going to give 60 million Iranians the money that they need uh, to to get through all of this this economic crisis." Right. But the way we're going to get it is by by uh, making all of you guys pay way way more for gas. And oh. and the other thing is. They have. They're not allowed to export oil now. Iran is not allowed. The sanctions prevent them from exporting oil. One of the largest oil reserves in the world prevent them from exporting oil. If they're not exporting oil, the people want to know. If you're not exporting it, then why aren't you using it for us? Why are we in shit right now? Okay. Okay.
2: Yeah. This is okay. So a lot of the chants. I don't know where to start, man. There's so many things I want to say. So when it comes, I'm just gonna watch. This has nothing. This has very very little to do with the increase in. um, Yeah, it's not about the oil. Yeah, let me let me just say this. Fuel prices like, you know, usually like in the other protests, for example, if you look at the 2018 protests, right, it started with economic grievances. And then when more people showed up, eventually it turned into um, anti completely anti regime protests against the the theocratic regime, against the uh, the mullahs running the government against corruption, everything against mandatory hijab, against everything, right? But it started with economic concerns. This one, when they increased the f- fuel prices by 300%, from day one, people that came in the street, they understood that you know what, this is just an excuse for us to take on this government, right? Like, yeah. the, the understanding was you know, this is they're just, you know, this is They're
1: vulnerable
2: yeah this is like it's just like a signal for us to come out it's not it's not about fuel prices it's about everything right it's about everything and now this means that every time a government does something else it's just gonna be like a trigger for people to get out and protest everything it's not about the fuel prices the fuel prices was just a signal for people that to come out and the, the thing is this is leaderless right is it, and this is why it makes it so difficult for the government to to fight it because you don't know when it's going to happen because you don't know what's the next thing that is just going to trigger the protest. Because if they had leaders, you could just follow their leaders and you could be like, Oh, that they're asking for protests, okay, okay, let's get prepared, right? This is so spontaneous, it's really hard to fight against it, right? Um, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, but again,
1: but it's it, also. Huh. It's also that they they don't have anything to lose. I mean, now with everything that's going on, right? When you're in in an ec- ec- economic dumpster, all right? So first of all, you're like, "Okay, I don't have anything to lose. I'm I don't have money for anything. Okay, I can't go anywhere. I can't do anything. I'm unemployed. I don't have money for anything." And now I'm seeing that this government, right? They are trying to come up with they're desperate. They're they're fragile, they're vulnerable. Right. And this is a time when there is the power differential is a a little bit more balanced.
2: By the way, when when I'm referring to previous protests, uh, I might um, mix the 2009 protests with the 2018 protests. If you notice I'm mixing them, please correct me. Okay. So mm. one thing I want to respond to one thing you said, Ali, regarding to Iraq and Lebanon. Right. So if you look at the 2018 protests, when people came out in the streets, right, a lot of the protests were like, why are you spending money on Lebanon, on Iraq? On uh, Palestine, uh, we you know we have issues at home right that's one of the one of the many, many things that people were protesting against the, the uh, Islamic Republic right but now in 2019, what happened was we had in Lebanon and Iraq again, you have to understand, Iran has owns uh, technically owns Iraq's government okay and also technically owns one third of Lebanon's government okay with hezbollah right and it has proxies all over it like we like it has proxies all over the uh, Middle East right but Thank now, you, the Iraq war yeah yeah and <laughs> but now these proxies are being like it's a it's a challenge to Iran's uh, government when people in Lebanon are protesting and they want things to change and one of their demands is to be completely independent from foreign sources whether if it's United States or Iran and Iraqis are also protesting and one of their main demands is also independence from foreign sources whether it's United States or Iran right so this is and Iran wants stability in these places because these are just proxies that is spent 40 years it spent 40 years building these proxies and now people are going to protest it's not going to tolerate that so so now there is some sense of people in iran feeling a little bit of a unity with people in united in lebanon and iraq against their governments right and at the same time iran is sending a lot of its spending a lot of its resources on lebanon and iraq to keep the protest down right So the understanding was that if the protest gets escalated to a very high level in Iran, Iran still has a lot of resources to pull back from Iraq and Lebanon to come help against the protest. But some people are now suggesting that that's not an option for Iran anymore right now, because given all the protests, given how tied down the Haish and Hezbollah is already in Lebanon and Iraq. I don't know how Hmm. accurate that is. But this is something that is being suggested by a lot of people on the ground. However, some other people are saying that uh, Iran has been trying to prepare for this because Iran has been training anti-revolutionary, uh, anti-protesting you know, forces in Pakistan and in Afghanistan. I think they called the Fatimun. you know, Fatima? Oh, Wow. Yeah, I think that, you know, Fatimah is basically Prophet Muhammad's daughter. And you know how she is, how obsessed they are with Fatima. They worship mm. her like a like a god, um, yeah. It's it's called Fatimiyun, Afghanistan and Pakistan. So yeah, so that's that's something that they've been preparing for. I don't and and people on the ground are saying if they pull those from Afghanistan and Pakistan, they are extremely aggressive, and that's gonna you're gonna see the blood uh a lot more blood spill in the street i don't know how accurate that is i'm just reading again these are things that i'm reading people are sending me from iran these are in persian a lot of these are not haven't been verified i'm just going to tell you what people on the ground are telling me okay maybe they're true maybe they're not okay again the numbers Mm -hmm. the numbers are also very different um another thing that people are saying is that okay let me give you a government line okay if i'm giving you a government line that doesn't mean that I'm, I accept it. I'm just telling you, I heard what some people from, you know, I I, I watched Al Jazeera. They had uh, they had somebody from Iran's government speaking, and it was so I was so angry with Al Jazeera because they hadn't they didn't have anybody to push back against what the, this government official was saying, right? But what he was saying, which is nonsense, is that this ta- this increase in fuel prices was mostly supposed to be a redistribution from the rich to the poor because most people that can afford can afford cars and are driving they're a little bit rich and they were going to supposed to take this money and give it to the poor right um and that is nonsense especially because this is such a bad time to do this right uh, people that say, suggest that this is nonsense is like this is so strategically such a se- seems like such a mistake, especially after you people. This is like revolution season. If you look, if if anybody has been paying attention to anything that is happening on the planet right now, revolutions are seem to be uh, like,
1: outside the U.S. and outside Congress and the impeachment yeah, hearings. like
2: every protests are taking over the planet. It, it, and, Hong Kong, yeah, Hong Kong, Iraq, Lebanon, Chile. Uh, where else? Like everywhere. France. Um, you know, I, There's many more that I'm... Yeah, yeah. But the thing is that the reason... Mm, so this is obviously strategically was a huge mistake by the government, and they should have known that this is a huge mistake. But the reason why they might have been forced to do it anymore is not for the sake of the poor. Is because they're running out of money. Okay, so why would they do this? Why would they do the fuel hikes on, su- on such a strategically bad time that they probably should yeah. have known that the people are going to come out? The, 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 some people are suggesting that the only justification must be that they're so out of money that they have no other choice. Right? Yeah. And if that is true, that means... And I know a lot of people, and that hate this because you know a lot of anti-Trump people might hate this, might might hate hearing this. That means that no. Trump sanctions hold on. Before me, you say me, this, hmm.
1: I am very very anti-Trump, but yeah. I I agree with you on this.
2: Okay, me, I, I am yeah. I'm also very anti-Trump, but it seems like Trump's move sanctions against Iran is working. Okay, Trump sanctions against Iran is working. And it is bringing people into the streets, if that is true. And again, this is something that both Trump supporters and anti-Trump people don't like to hear. The reason is, like, I I noticed that a lot of when when we were sharing these stories, a lot of Trump supporters... We're saying yeah, that they
1: don't
2: like that. Yeah, they were saying like, okay, f- fine, dude, like go against your government. you who? but we need to stay out of this, right? Maybe like, oh, Trump needs to stay out of this. And I, was, I wanted to tell people like, too late. <laughs> this, is, this is happening because Trump, maybe, probably very likely. It's happening because of Trump, right? So Trump supporters are not going to like this because uh, a lot of them are anti-interventionist kind of thing. And Trump, anti-Trump people are also, a lot of them are not going to like this because it's what what Trump is doing is working right and again this is very different from what Obama was trying to do the sanctions on Obama was meant uh, was is different from uh, sanctions of of Trump sanctions of Trump yeah. uh, Obama, even though they they did
1: also cripple Iran's economy quite no, a bit at the, the
2: time. but the goal was completely different both both of mm-hmm. them work both of sanctions of obama and sanctions of trump work the sanctions of obama was meant to bring iran on the into on the table Negotiating and, and table. negotiate yeah. and a lot of iranian people hate obama because of that because it was giving legit like the whole end was like okay let's make deals with this government and uh, you know the whole goal was to legitimize the gov- their current regime right so a lot of iranian people are like no Fuck that! This government needs to fall. So that's why a lot of again, not all hashtag not all, but a lot of Iranians might like more Trump strategy because the sanctions that Trump is introducing is meant to topple this government, to
1: destroy the to government, destroy this government. Yeah. Right? The, the the counter to this though, and I Armin, mean, and this is one of the things from Trump's point of view. This works obviously because what he's doing is he's getting you know he knew that this kind of thing would happen, uh, or he wanted it to happen at least. And then uh, this, uh, all of the people who came and they protested, they're going to potentially, their, their chances of toppling the government, not saying it's going to happen, but they're higher than they ever were before. Just because the government, as you said, is so out of money and so weak and so fractured. And then the intensity of the protest, I mean, they're burning posters of hominide, all right, they're, yeah. it's, it's crazy what they're doing. So that's one thing. But the counter is that uh, the people are suffering. So... There are people who are dying. It's a same kind of... No, no, I, I know. I, I'm just presenting the counter argument. Like, the, this stuff is never clean, right? So what what they're doing is by choking off the people and messing up Iran's economy and making, essentially, the people suffer. The people are angry. Like, the, the Iranians right now, they were not happy, just overall, with uh, the, the collapse of the nuclear deal. So they, they they're, they're pissed off at the U.S. for the sanctions. The Iranians are but they're also pissed off at the corruption of their government and they feel like both of those things go hand in hand so for them it's not like is this america's fault or is this iran's fault this is like no. uh, it, it's it's both of them well right? it's,
2: it's hard to, okay okay so here's the thing if you if you ever say the iranian people think this
1: you're, you're uh, yeah uh, not i i know i know what you mean i'm, I'm going by um it's, it's no, going you, by you're going to of-
2: find every different view under the sun. Okay, of course. So yeah, the yeah. thing is that a lot of people, a lot of. Okay, so for example, a lot of Iranian people might love Trump. They're like, "Yes, this is exactly what we needed. Yes, people are going to suffer, but if we remove the mullahs, it's worth all the suffering, right?" Some people are like, "We're like, no, my dad needs medicine. My dad has cancer, and because of these sanctions, I don't have medicine for my dad. Exactly. So, you know, fuck Trump, right?" And you're going to have some other people that you know do many different. And many other people might be like, "Fuck Trump, but let's take advantage of this opportunity, anyways." So some people are going. Like, let, the the oh, analog
1: for, for so, people who hear, if they if they want to understand what the analog is, it's like you know when when Bill Maher said he's like I really want there to be an economic recession because I know that some people are going to suffer, but at least it'll it'll uh, get Trump out of office, right? That so it's that kind of play where it's right. it's, but, it's it, there is suffering of people involved, but, my- but the ultimate goal. Is still the I mean, that's not something that the Trump administration should be. But I'm saying about. that this just is not
2: what Trump. this is not what all Iranian people anybody that says this is what Iranian people think, they're wrong and right at the same time. Because not all Iranian people think that, but there are some Iranian people that do think that. Right? They're it's very the second time they're, accused
1: of that this week.
2: No, I'm not accusing you of well, that. I'm just saying you're no, right and
1: wrong at the same time. Huh. It's uh, a Brett Weinstein actually he said that no let's no okay ali about... i have
2: so much to say yeah. so let's say I'll focus, let's say focus okay um, one one thing that i'm reading so, a message from somebody that got the news from iran this is in farsi confirms what ali is saying okay this is what she's saying she's saying the protest this is exactly what ali just said i'm reading this for the first time i'm trying to translate it in real real time she's she's saying the the protest by people uh, is happening in most a lot of it is happening in the lower parts of the city where the where the poor people have lost everything uh and and they're and they they what they the only thing that they have is their lives and unlike the 2009 oh unlike the 2009 protests where the protests were happening in more richer part of the cities um, because the richer part of the cities, they want freedom, they want human rights. But now, a lot of the protests is happening. Compared to two thousand nine, a lot of the protests are happening in poorer part of the cities because they have nothing else to lose. So that, a- those
1: are the ones. Those are the most. If you're a regime, if you're if you're the government, hmm. those are the most dangerous ones because there is nothing that is a bigger threat to you than people who have nothing left to lose. Right. You just remember that. there's nothing that's more of a threat to you than people who have nothing left to lose. And if your government is in a position where they're absolutely desperate, they're totally out of money, they've given all the indications they're vulnerable, they're out like you know attacking this tanker, that tanker, raising fuel prices on their own people by three hundred percent, despite be having the largest oil reserves in the world. Uh, you're, it's a very very, it's a very precarious situation for, for the Iranian regime, probably more so than 2009, and probably more so than 2017. The protests may not be at that intensity level. We have no idea because the biggest internet shutdown ever in the history of Iran is happening right now. We have no idea what's going on there, but just judging by the vulnerability of the government and the people who are protesting, this is not the, the people in Tehran, the modern sort of like well-off people protesting against a, a relatively strong government that just had an election. And that's not what's happening. What's happening is, you have a crippled, fractured, vulnerable government, and the people that are protesting and rising up against them are not from Tehran. They are the poor people who have nothing left to lose.
2: Right, and this is that act- is the situation. This is actually yeah. this is a global trend right now because we're now going through a period in, uh, on, on the planet that we're going to have some economic stagnation, and this is it. Doesn't mean that economies are not growing, but we that the economies are just going to grow a little bit slower right and usually when you have when economies are growing usually most countries are get to take advantage of that and the reason a lot of people might not enjoy the fact that they're not free that maybe that they don't have a say but if there's some sort of economic stability if they're saying that their children's lives are being better than their lives and things are just Improving slowly, the cost of speaking out and protesting is too much for you. They're like, yeah, you know, we're not free, but fuck it, right? But when you have a global economic stagnation that is going to affect the whole planet, it's going to be a lot of. You're going to have, you're going to see a lot more people that you're not going to be able to keep them quiet for the sake because you have given them economic stability, right? So this is how demanding more rights and freedom ties into economic stability. Because it, the people that want, you know, more rights, if they're economic if they have economic stability, they might just for for you know forgo the fact that they, you know just let it go, right? But you're not gonna be able to buy people with economic stability uh, if, if if the economy is not being supported, and so so this so because a lot of people are like oh is this about the economy or is it about is this about human rights? And I'm telling you, this is how they're two connected, and this is why you're seeing this happening on a global level, right? This is why you're saying that because how, like why is this happening? How what does Chile have to do with you know Iran? Like why does this to do, like how is this happening at a global scale all of a sudden? And this is the reason, yeah. right? and usually. When you go through a period of an economic stagnation, you come out at the end of it with more human rights. (laughs) Because there's going to be – because economic stagnation leads into more people demanding human rights, and you get more human rights at the end of it. And this is like – this is an economic – this is a historic trend that you're saying. Another thing I want to tell you that – This is also a power play between different elements within the government, okay? So one thing that people were predicting and the predictions was wrong was, so you have to understand the Iranian government has many different fractions. You have the, uh, to simplify it, and again, this is a simplification, you have the hardliners, right? You have the, you know, religious, yeah, hardliners, and then you have the um, reformers, right? and the people hate both of these okay the people hate both of them and they're like you know we don't need reformers we need you all to just go all right but even though the, uh, these protesters want them all to go there is a power there is a fight between the reformers and the hardliners and some people are predicting that this uh f- you know increase in price was a was a was a way for the hardliners to okay so the the person the people that decided to increase the fuel prices were was the the president which is part of the reformers right and some people are coming up with conspiracy theories and saying like maybe they did this to get people in the street uh, and make a move against the hardliners i don't think that's that's accurate i think they're just running out of money But some people were suggesting that this would be a good time for the hardliners, which is led by Khamenei, who is the supreme religious leader, to say this was a bad idea. We shouldn't have increased the oil, the fuel prices, um, and make it make it great, and get the people to just focus all their anger at the president, which is a reformer. But Khamenei just came out and he supported the fuel, the fuel, uh, the price. Uh, they increase in fuel prices, right? So, all of a sudden, the hardliners see, like it seemed like a lot of people in the parliament were getting ready to re- to like sing all the protests to re- bring the prices back down. But when Khamenei, when the supreme religious leader comes and say I support it, they back down because they, obviously the parliament in Iran was not going to make a move against what Khamenei is saying, right? He's like he's like God in that country, right? So, mm. so he support so the hardliner supported the decisions made by the reformers so some people are saying that was a strategic mistake because it gives ammunition to people to be against the government as a whole rather than focusing on Rouhani which is the president some people are saying well maybe they had no choice maybe maybe for two reasons maybe because Khamenei would have seen that the majlis which is the parliament is going to bring the price down but they need the the money so they, they didn't want to do that Or maybe bringing the price back down, given what we've seen in Lebanon and Iraq, if you give the protesters just a little bit, they're not gonna be like, okay, great, we're gonna go home now, (laughs) all right? That's not gonna happen. They're gonna be like, oh, wow, we forced them to do this, let's get more, right? So, (laughs) based on what they've seen in Lebanon and Iraq, I think Khamenei realized that that would be a strategic mistake. So, he's like, no, let's not reduce the prices. Um, I'm going to tell, I'm going to support the reformers. So that doesn't happen. Right. So again, these are all speculations and,
1: yeah, and
2: things are changing on a minute by minute basis. So, you know, I'm going to, you know, yeah. I'm going to give you some updates some videos and I'm going to try to so, be yeah. as objective as possible on, on my Twitter account. Right. So if you, you might, the people that are listening to the audio version of this, they might once you, once the audio comes out, things might have completely changed on the ground. Right. So follow me on Twitter, um, at Armin Navabi, right. And you will just search for me on Twitter, Armin Navabi it will show up, right. Mm-hmm. And I'll try to give you as objective, uh, you know, give you objective updates as much as possible because everybody, everybody on all sides is completely biased. Right. And I'm, I'm biased, right. So like, for example, I'm seeing videos coming out <laughs> of people burning on mosques and the Quran, right. Like, that's what videos coming out of Iran, people burning Korans and mosques, right? And I'm like, okay, who's doing this? And the interesting thing is that, so so when, when, when they burned the police station, people were like, yay! When, pe- when they burned uh, um, banks and, uh, you know... Government, government buildings. Government buildings. Everything, government. People were like, yes, yes, yes. But all of a sudden, a hospital was burned down, right? And then when the hospital was burned down, a lot of people were like, wait, no. Uh, and some the the protest the people from the ground are like no that wasn't us that's the government burning out a hospital to make us look bad to make us look bad and 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 to be to be fair to the people that are saying that i've seen them i've seen videos of irgc right which is the 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 theologically driven um army of the uh, of 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 iran the more theologically driven branch uh, of of Right, Iran's uh, army. They, I've seen them destroy property. So, like, vi- there's video evidence of that before in twenty in twenty eighteen. There's video evidence that they were destroying stores and everything, so that people could be like, "Oh no, look at what these protesters did. Well, oh, protesters bad, right?" So, I've seen them do that, but there's but I've never seen them burn out an entire hospital right so far. So I'm just saying I'm not saying they haven't done it. I was just saying this is this is what people are saying. right? The protesters are saying it wasn't us. This is just meant to make us look back. I don't know who to believe. Another thing is that it's interesting because among the protesters, we have some protesters that are extremely anti-Islamic, right? Extremely anti-Islam. But we also have protesters that are against the government but they're not necessarily anti-islamic, right? So n- now that I'm seeing videos coming out that they that they're burning Qurans and burning mosques, right? The protesters that are anti-islamic, they're like, "Yes, this is us." Right? This is great. But the protesters that are anti-government but not necessarily anti-islamic even even some of them that are not muslims themselves they're not they don't like to be so aggressively yeah. anti-islam they're, they're For then that's like
1: burning down the hospital right
2: yes so they're saying those were yeah. also the government i like okay so I, <laughs> I like the government is burning mosques and quran to make people feel like holy shit. these protesters are heretics right this is not us the protesters would never offend other people's like religious beliefs I like yeah okay so it seems like we're just, everybody's deciding who's burning down what based on their own ideology, right? Yeah. So if it's... it's and, a- and the
1: government, well, I mean, the, the thing is the government can play those divisions, right? Right. They can, they can make their case because their whole thing is that these are foreign protesters and they're they're making this happen. I, I want to actually, there's a there's a, one of our uh, listeners, Parsa Shumps, um, if you're still there, uh, you wrote in the comment thread, you said, I talked to my friend in Iran this morning They have been totally isolated. They shut down the whole internet. Yes. Can you tell us more uh, about what your friend told you? Because uh, the people in Iran that I think a lot of us know, uh, we haven't been able to contact. I know Armin hasn't, right? Yeah, I mean, I have.
2: We we have people that do help us a lot from Iran, and we don't now. We don't a lot of the things. We have no access to them anymore, right? We have no access to them anymore. And that's why Atheist Republic's um, content is not coming out, (laughs) right? Because the internet is completely shut down in Iran. And so, so sorry, guys, you don't have.
1: So, yeah, yeah. so, so Parsa, if, if you have any information, if there's anything that your friend told you that would help this conversation, because as you can see, the way that we're talking about this, I mean we have a good idea of what's going on based on well i mean especially armin based on like all of the people but all I... the information that he's been receiving but at the same time uh if there is anybody who's had contact with people over there it would be it would be really really helpful even if you're just an individual to, to come out and and let people know what's going on okay. because i i know i know for a fact that they want people to hear about it uh masi alinajad masi alinajad the author of the wind in my air and she's yeah founder of uh, My Stealthy Freedom, the whole uh, the, the White Wednesdays movement um, against compulsory hijab in Iran. A uh, previous guest on the show, uh, former journalist in, in Iran. She has been, that's another Twitter feed to follow if you really want to know what's going on. She's talked about how um, uh, there there are thousands of people over there who, who actually want, I mean, way more than thousands, but who want um, the outside world to know what's happening in Iran. But it's just not being reported on because it's a complete information shutdown. So, so anything, yeah. uh, Any of you who have any contact over there, well, uh, get in touch well, with us. Uh, we speaking have. We in have the chat.
2: Ali, I don't know how I'm getting all the information that is because I, I, I have contacts in. Iran, you have contact, yeah, and they are. Some of them are managing to like videos are coming out, and I don't know how tech how tech savvy these people are. And I don't know how they managed to get all these videos out given that the internet has been cut down. And-
1: you know, I'll, I'll tell you something just from people I know in Pakistan where they had like YouTube ban for a long time and they do shut down cell phone service a lot. Uh, people in Saudi Arabia and everything. The, the most tech savvy people who know how to get around these restrictions are in places like Iran and Saudi Arabia and Pakistan and places like that where they, where they shut down these things commonly. Um, so the, the, the people do find a way to get online, especially in those places.
2: Yeah, um, a lot of people are dem- are asking for United States to provide. I don't know how this is possible, but this is the number one thing that people are asking me to shine a light on. I don't know if this is technically possible because I, I forgot which government official um, said that said that what we need is to give Iran free internet, right? Like I don't know how that works. Like, is that like a satellite thing, or wh- how does that work? But people in your no, no.
1: Elon you, Musk just shuttled, like I think, sixty satellites into space for for internet for the whole. I, I don't know whether that's a free thing or what it is. I,
2: so but, yeah, but but this, who, whatever government official Parisa, do you know? Um, by the way, we got a super chat from Jennifer. Thank you so much. Oh, we did. Yes, today. Jennifer.
1: Thank you so much. But really. but
2: Parso, can you uh, let me if you know this. I know there was one major government official that was promising that was either either promising or suggesting that what United States needs to do is to because internet is shut down in Iran is to provide the uh, uh, Iranian people free internet somehow. Right? Mm -hmm. And I don't want, first of all, I don't know who this government official was. I saw it but I forgot. Second, I don't know if this is even technically possible or is this just like promises that it's not going to ever be fulfilled but what I know is it was welcomed by a lot of people in Iran and they like this is what we need okay this is this is a lot of protesters from Iran were suggesting that if the United States could help in any way this would be it like anything non-military right Intervention, like to somehow provide internet uh, internet to the protesters to the people so that when the government shuts down the internet they still are in touch the reason why internet the reason why government shuts down the internet is for two reasons and those are the exact two things that the protesters need the most one for them to stay in touch with each other because they organize they say this is where you're gonna go this is where you're gonna be and um, and two is to stay in touch with the outside world because these videos coming out and i know when the internet gets connected man when the internet goes back on we're going to get flooded with videos There's going to be this is going to be really bad right like a lot of videos are going to spread out, come out and ali i've seen yeah. with the limited connection that these people have the the, pro, the both the protesters and the government has come out with a lot more experience compared to 2018, right? Yeah. So the t- the protesters, they have been prepared for this. Like, like they didn't like the protesters, uh, both inside and the people that provide information to them outside of Iran, they haven't been sitting by. They have been uh, coming up with the best strategies, the best techniques, uh, and they didn't know when the next protest is going to happen but they were ready for what when the next protest happens to so how to provide people with the information they need, right? They're telling them when they're going at the cops, have like a U formation and this is the reason why. They're telling them to wear masks uh, they're telling them to bring buckets with you so that they when they throw the uh, tear ba- uh, tear gases, they learn from Hong Kong, Ali. They were watching Hong Kong protests, and now like they 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 came up with guidelines on what works best based on because they, apparently the Hong Kong protesters were very very good at coming up with yeah. the best techniques against the against the police, and they t- they they they've been taking notes, and now they're sharing them with the protesters in the gown So they're going with buckets, and then when they throw the tear gas, they just put, put the. They they take the tear gas put it in a bucket and they close the door right so the protesters seem a lot more organized clever and like informed on what works but yeah. and, and also like do- they're telling doctors to like doctors that support the protest because they can't go to the house because a lot of protesters when they get injured they can't go to the hospital right so they're like telling doctors to stay home and to take care of the injured at their home so that they don't have to go to the hospital so that they could get identified there right so a lot of nurses and hospitals are staying at home and they're secretly secretly taking in injured people to take care of them right so wow. that but wow. but so yeah. the protesters are a lot more uh, getting a lot better but the, also the government is also has learned uh, <laughs> they The government is learning from China. It's very interesting Mm -hmm. because the protesters are learning again from anti-Chinese protesters and the government is learning from China on how to do crowd control. But it's
1: so yeah, there's a James uh, Larman. Hey, James, how's it going? I hope you're doing well Um, in the uh, in the comment thread. Has said that uh, he heard that the universities still have internet access. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if that's true. I mm. don't think it is. I don't know. Uh, but, no, but
2: it might be true. I don't know.
1: It might be true. So it seems like I, I'm kind of uh, reading about this. One thing that is different, I think, Armin, what you talked about is the the two reasons they do it is to prevent people from talking to each other and then to prevent people from talking to the outside world. Mm. So in the past, it seems that whenever Iran has blocked internet connections they've blocked international internet connections. So people can't communicate with the outside world. But this is uh, one of the very rare times, maybe even the first time, I don't know if it's the first time, that they've actually blocked all internet connections, everything. Um, So uh, this is from Wired. I'm seeing this because that's not an easy thing to do. Say that again, say that
2: last part one more time.
1: Oh, this is from Wired magazine, and it's apparently not an easy thing to do to shut off all internet connections. Okay.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So,
1: because usually, what they do, a lot of these countries, they'll block international internet connections. But in this case, they've done they've done all of them, even even the ones within uh, that prevent people from communicating with each other. Right. So, yeah, yeah. this is actually really uh, it's it's actually quite unprecedented. Obviously, the supreme leader still has uh, internet access. He's been tweeting away. Um, their state uh, of media outlets are all online. Uh, so, you know, there's something happening, but it does seem like they're learning from around, Let's, but it, it's amazing. These people are still breaking through and still, still getting their stuff out there.
2: Let me tell you, you know? though, shutting the internet. Uh, so given that they're not going to be able to shut it completely and the videos are still making it out, I think shutting down the internet. So on such a massive scale, I'm, I'm not sure, but I think it's gonna, it's a huge, strategic mistake by the government again i might be wrong because they might they they probably have thought about this a lot more than i have but first of all um what it what it does is informs everybody else that is not part of the protest that this is serious right um and also the cost to the economy shutting down the internet is huge yeah the numbers the number i forgot i saw it's only
1: going to to make everything worse i mean what what because like, you know you have I, I, I this is i guess this is a question how selective can you be according to this article i'm reading it seems like it's very difficult to be selective where you're cutting off all the internet connections from people yeah. to each other but at the same time all the banks are still in business yeah. which require yeah. that yeah the, the banks need
2: that is it's, it's gonna uh, be
1: travel yes. uh, schedules like all of these there's so many things that rely yes. on on internet use it must Everything has to grind to a stop. And this is, this is why this is so confusing. I, yeah, I don't know how they are Yeah, this is going to hurt their own gone.
2: income. Like shutting down the Internet is so bad for their own revenue, the government's own revenue. This is like they, they, these are the numbers that people have assessed independent sources is is, as, is huge. Right? So I don't know how much longer they're going to be able to uh, shut down the Internet. But again, it's not going to achieve the videos are going to like, even if people don't get the videos out now, the videos are going to make it out at some point. Uh, it's going to signal to the rest of the country that the protesters must be succeeding at being intimidating the government if they have taken such a drastic measure um and again so and and they're not going to be able to shut it to completely close everything
1: right so uh, there's yeah. there's no there's no good options so here here's the thing why is so much activism online right now is because you can sit in your home and you can just kind of tweet all your activism away and you can do it but what used to happen in the past when there wasn't any internet people used to go out on the streets so what happened what's another consequence of shutting down the internet you push people out on the fucking streets. That's 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 what's happening. This is a a quote from uh, a guy, uh, Shabazz, from from Freedom House. And he's saying, quote, this is a very blunt attempt to control the information space in Iran by simply just denying individuals access to all information. uh, And it's not going to work. Information is going to continue to spread by other means. And actually, sometimes shutting off the internet just drives people to the streets. Right, right, right. So so that may be, it's just adding to, you know, when we're talking about they have nothing left to lose, uh, you know, now you're, you've are starved them already. Of, I mean, they don't have jobs. Inflation is through the roof. They can't afford any gas anymore because like gas prices are, are like 300% higher. Food, all of this stuff, this, this stuff being rationed. And then now, you, you cut them off from all connections to the outside world. So now you completely isolate them. Mm. You totally isolate them What's gonna happen? I mean right. it's, it's, it's amazing that and the only reason this could be happening is I mean this is, this is not a dumb regime. it's not like they know the they don't know the consequences of this. The only reason this could be happening is because they don't have any other choice right like, exactly. even the lesser of the two evils that the exactly. bad they're having to choose between a bad decision for them and exactly. a worse decision for them. And even if they choose like either way, uh, they I mean this is this is what makes this I think very different. Um, we don't know what's going on. Again, I don't know if it's as bad as 2009. I don't know if it's definitely not catching that kind of attention in the international news. But whatever is happening right now, the the circumstances in which it's happening, the nature of it, the fact that it's poorer people protesting, the fact that it's not the Iranians, people in Shiraz and other cities protesting, uh, the fact that uh, they, they have they actually really have nothing left to lose—they're rock bottom people. Uh, who are coming out there and the fact that the iranian government is more vulnerable than it probably ever has been in recent history all of this comes together to show that this is different doesn't mean that it's going to they're going to topple the government successfully we don't know uh but it's different it's it's much more um intense than than what it's been in the past
2: so the reason why by the way trump sanctions are working is because the government before had the option so so you know if you want to make maximum revenue there's this and you have oil right there's a sweet spot on exactly how much oil to sell right if you if you go more it's going to increase the supply too much it's going to bring the prices that too much too low so it's going to reduce the revenue but if you go lower then you're selling less oil and the revenue you're making out of it is less there's always a sweet spot to have the, the how much and that's why opec you know they get together and that's why you know, the whole point of opec is to for them to decide what that sweet spot is right but so you can stay at that sweet spot but then when you when you're desperate for cash and you need money like right now like like holy shit we need money 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 like we need like there's some uh we needed emergency situation countries that have oil the whole always had that option to go Above that point and just sell more oil, even though you know it's not strategically a good idea but if they're desperate they could just sell more oil and they could just relieve the situation in that situation for a short amount of time, right The reason why Iran is not the Iran's government is not able to do that is because of the sanctions, right? So they have they have no money and they need money re, apparently desperate for money so they're just like increasing the price of fuel, which is, very, I mean, you know, very interesting that it with this much oil. Like that means, like the the tight grip that Trump had managed to, that wanted to put around Iran to not for it not to be able to sell its oil, it worked. Like they they mm. cannot sell their own oil, right? And it works. So this is they're they're going to their people. So that's one thing. Another, yeah, they're thing, trying to recover that
1: revenue from their own people, it's from their so own people.
2: But another yeah. another thing I want to point out is that there's a, now there's a huge debate or fight or debate depending on how intense you want to make it seem uh, between the anti-government activists right on how violent (laughs) they want to get with this right so how how much how many people are going to support destroying property and how many people are not going to support that right and it seems to be like the people that mean like hey let's go protest but hey let's not destroy stuff it seems like the people are so tired that those voices are now being silent right like I've what I've noticed that even so there's used to be two camps right be like hey let's have peaceful protests Gandhi style um, civil disobedience um, method right and other people are like no Fuck that shit. Get us some guns. <laughs> like, we need gu- Like, other people are like, what we're missing in this equation right now is guns in the hands of people, right? So they, we had two philosophies, right? Uh, n- and that's that, the, that. what I'm noticing is that because previous protests didn't break down this government, a lot of the people that were like, hey, we need just civil disobedience, Gandhi-style protests, it worked so many times in the, in the you know, in the 20th century with like, you know, we had Mandela, we had Gandhi, we had Martin Luther King. That's the kind of that's that changed regimes that changed governments that nonviolent used, that, that forced governments. You know, a lot of black people in the United States went to restaurants and they kept getting arrested, but they showed up more that changed policies, you know, of U.S. government. So it worked. So we could do the same thing. Uh, And given the protests haven't, previous protests in Iran haven't worked, these people now have to say the same thing now, today, they're going to get attacked by a lot of other activists online. Like your Twitter, like if you say like, hey, we need peaceful protests, a lot of other anti-government activists online, they're going to come at you. They're like, fuck that, we need to take this government down by all means necessary by all means necessary and i think that's uh, that i'm not i'm not saying who's right and who's wrong right now i'm just telling you what's happening right it's just the level of frustration and the impatience the amount of people are running out of you know patience they're like you know just just drop you know we need to find a way to to destroy things we need to find a way to kill people we need to find a way to fight back all right so this is now the new, the, and, I, and I think, yeah. About, yeah, but so Parso was asking about the same thing.
1: Yeah, I have a, so Faraz Kiani's got an interesting question. This is something I wanted to ask you, Armin, right. but I, I, I do want to set up, set this up with a comment as well. So Faraz is saying, uh, I'm so upset the West is universally silent and the media doesn't cover protests. Yeah, I, I hear you. Uh, I feel the West is by and large reluctant to be used as a pawn of the regime propaganda. Uh, regime will delegitimize protesters as puppets of the West. So th- there was this was a really big conversation actually during the Obama time. And, and in retrospect, uh, you know, the, the people have all kinds of different opinions about whether in 2009, um, like for him coming out and not vocally supporting the protesters, whether that did more harm or whether it did good. So uh, the question here, I think at that time, the thinking was that you had the Iraq War. It was a very new thing. Saddam had come down like just about six years before those protests happened in 2009, and uh, there was this—you know—they thought that they're going to be greeted as liberators. They thought that okay, mission accomplished once the bad thing comes down. But it turned out that they—they uh, they didn't really like the Americans either, and there was this insurgency against the Americans uh, for doing that. So the—the—the the, the bet, the gamble that they took uh, during the Obama time in 2009 was that well, these protesters. You know, there's a lot of conspiracies that the protesters are supported by foreigners or funded by foreigners. So first of all, we don't want to give the regime the power of of enforcing that narrative, reinforcing that narrative that these these people are being supported by America. Uh, that was one thing. The other thing is that the Irani these protesters they may hate what's happening with the Iranian regime, and at that time it was the the election issue, um, uh, with uh, that Musavi you know versus Abadi and, and so, so there was. So, so they they didn't want um, – the U.S. didn't want it. They thought, okay, fine, they don't like the Iranian regime. They're protesting against that. But if the U.S. comes in, then we're going to unite them all together because they're going to also be against us. Well, I, so, it,
2: that's what I used to hear. Uh, so, sorry, finish your question.
1: No, no. So I'm saying that that's what we heard before. But again, as Armin is saying, in Iran, you ask 10 different people, to get 10 different opinions, right? What, so, what, so we don't – in retrospect – but not. there is
2: there is trends though, right? So what you just said, I heard that more in twenty eighteen than now. Okay? In twenty eighteen that that art line of reasoning, like, hey, you know, this should be from the ground. This is the people's revolution. US stay, back, stay the fuck out of this. We oh, get No, it. no, no but it, it's no, not let, just me, that. let me let me finish. Yeah, me yeah, finish. go on. We heard some people say that and then some other people were saying like some other people from Iran were saying, No, United States, we need United States help. Please help us we need your support and some people are like no this is our revolution keep the us out if if you bring the us in then this is going to the narrative will be that this is foreign intervention right Right. So, which but, is
1: what the regime wants
2: yeah but that argument i don't see it that much anymore okay because yeah i that's thing. i'm me, not yeah, yeah the yeah, reason the reason why you're not saying that you're saying that less is still there is because well what happened 2018 protest came and went and the government is still in power, right? So now in 2019, they're like, you know what? If the devil himself wants to come and help us, we'll take it, right? Like, because because of the amount of impatience and because of people des- desperately wanting to topple this government, they're, and they're like, I, I even hear people saying, you know what, we know Trump doesn't care about the people. We know that United States doesn't care about the people. They put the sanctions, you know, but we'll take their help because we'll take anyone's
1: help. We'll take there's any. There's another reason. Yeah, there's there's another reason for that too. I think the thinking on that has changed, um, I, and I, I completely agree with you. I think the thinking of that has changed. And maybe when people think hindsight is twenty twenty, Obama should have done more. Maybe for that time, Obama did the right thing. Who knows? But for now, the, it, it, the regime is going to accuse them of being foreigners anyway. They're going to do that anyway no that's what so, i was going to say so exactly if you're getting those accusations i wrote that down anyway, to i wrote exactly
2: that well to say take, that. yeah you might as well take the help no right? so, so is it so they say I mean, exactly so let's say let's say there's a situation where people come out the street and it was not because of the sanction and they had no support from the u.s government or any other foreign foreign actors the iran's government will still say Will still say this is foreign intervention. These are foreign agents. This is Zionist, you know, Zionist in, uh, infiltrators into our country. This is not the demand of the people, right? They will say that. So people are yeah. like, "Well, fuck it. we might as well get their help." <laughs>
1: we'll get the help. It's not like it's going to change. The like, if, right. if you want to push that narrative, let's make it real. Let's at least take advantage. Better. Right, right, right. Like, but let's it. It would be amazing if they did that. The, the other thing is that I think that um, I think there is a space. Like you know, when you were saying earlier, and this this goes to what uh, what Fraz was talking about, and and I think uh, Muscal was also saying, or Beej was saying, you know, how how can how can people help? Right now, there there is a way to help. You don't have to. The U.S. doesn't even have to overtly do anything to go on. But there, there could be covert help, like this whole providing Internet access. Internet, that would be the main thing.
2: That's the cheapest way, the cheapest and the most efficient way right now to help the Iranian people is for the United States. Again, I will tell you this. I will tell you that Trump is a war criminal that deserves to you know, rot in jail somewhere because of what he did with Yemen and many other places, okay? I will tell you that. But at the same time, if he follows through and does this and somehow manages to give internet, free access to internet, to Iranian people, that would be the most help. That would be the most influential thing he could do without with with a fraction of the cost of any kind of military intervention. And if he does that, I will give I will call him a war criminal. While give him credit for doing what he what something. No, like
1: imagine that. imagine if Trump of all people actually ends up doing so, something useful that helps the Iranian people topple their government. I will give and him credit crashes, if he does that, and it happens in a way that it didn't happen in Iraq or Libya or any of these other disaster right. areas before. Right. And I, I mean, that would be um, that would actually play well for him too. I just have a feeling that even if he does half good thing he's gonna fuck it up somehow like it they, he has this thing right he he could all he has to do is talk about the economy for the rest of the year and then he could win re-election but he can't do that all he right let's not
2: go into that up. election stuff but i'm just saying if he does yeah. get free internet to iran i would give him credit for that because that would yeah. be the best thing he could do okay and maybe maybe this is what people should do people should keep tweeting at not at trump because his twitter is so big he's not going to say it but maybe some, you know, foreign ministry officials and stuff, people, just tweet at them like Silicon free, Valley free.
1: entrepreneurs oh, in Silicon Valley. don't No, do them. they Black can't. I mean, they
2: can't do that because that would be like a private company intervening in, a, in a, all
1: it. kinds of shit.
2: No, but what uh, yeah, I think stuff okay. that
1: the U.S. government isn't doesn't even know. They understand. Okay, fine, fine. Anybody,
2: anybody, does. just tweet at people. Tweet at. Zucker, you know, Zuck or anybody, no, he's not going Zuckerberg to say Zuckerberg
1: or Elon Musk. And just, be just all the get a hashtag. There must
2: be a hashtag, free internet for Iran. I think there is. Um, there must be a hashtag for free internet Get it Get that get that going. I think that would be the most influential thing to do with a, with a very, very, very low cost. Okay. But here's the thing. I think what I noticed is a lot of the people, at least to be fair, the, the, the people that are wanting to topple the government, that are part of the Atheist Republic community, okay, th- at least th- those people, to me, it seems like they are smart enough to know that when it comes to United States trying to help the protesters, if they do that, it's not about human rights, okay? The United States doesn't give a shit about human rights. If they give a shit about human rights, they wouldn't be supporting Saudi Arabia, okay? This is their own yeah. agenda. This is their own because they're against Iran, you know, they 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 would they would they would the United States government will 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 be watch people in Iran starve to death if it means that they're going to protest. They will push for that. Okay, so it's not that yeah, they if they, can, if they could find a way if they whole potential
1: yeah. to topple the regime. Yeah, they will do that. They'll so it's not
2: about it's not them. out of okay. their kindness of their heart, like oh, the poor Iranian people, let's go help them, right? So there's this understanding like, okay yeah we know that the united states government doesn't care about us but strategically right now given the situation that we have if they could give us free internet that would be very helpful right so this is like kind of like maturity, uh like political maturity of people understanding that we'll take the help of people that we know don't care about us right so beach
1: beach uh, Beach Price is saying that there is a hashtag. It's oh. hashtag Internet for Iran on Twitter. Internet for Iran. That's Internet. The number for Iran on Twitter. So okay, so, you, good. so we, and uh, Faraz is saying wow. uh, or no, Beach is saying just flood the internet. Just okay, flood great. Beach, thank that. you
2: so much for looking into that. Okay, so I'm gonna so, start, I'm gonna start using that. So eventually. if we can do
1: that, I I really think like getting some of these public influencers. Out there, like like uh, like Elon Musk and people like Mark Zuckerberg and Reba, mm-hmm. they, getting getting those people, uh, Jack Dorsey of Twitter, like you know getting, I, I don't know how involved they want to be, but just uh, see if they can they can, if that really is the best way to do it. If you you want well, this, to support them but you don't want to risk, uh, all the downsides of foreign you know people supporting protesters in Iran, then uh, this is something that you can do. Well, I don't know if that's the, the
2: best of, way, but that's what the protesters are saying that's what yeah. the protesters are saying that that would be the best way to help them so th- i mean that's from the people on the ground right so right right if we could get so, that yeah
1: yeah so that's a, a, a what do you think Armin, is going to because this is the next part of what we want to talk about right uh, with the time that we have left what do you think is going to happen next and this is obviously purely speculative Oof. Yeah, I try what, not to what do what happens that. <laughs> now do you think there's a few more rounds i i am like i said my part i i think that the factors like if you look at the people who are protesting this time it's different if you look at the status of vulnerability of iran the government right now it's very very different from the last t- few times mm-hmm. if you look at the reaction of the iranian government to these protests um that is uh definitely. you know markedly different yes uh, from the past um they're definitely benefiting from uh, you know, n- none of this stuff getting. There's no coverage. There's no international. There really is no. I mean, this. It's absolutely insane. There's, there's. There are two major governments in the world: Lebanon and Iraq. The governments have re- have resigned, right? Right. And uh, it's, well, it's yeah, like,
2: the, like not. Okay, okay. Let me just clarify this. The okay, people clarify. in the Lebanon and Iraq that have resigned. Were mere puppets that would have been replaced by other puppets.
1: But, but there's a but Armin, it's still significant. Yeah, I, yeah it, it is. It is still significant. they always a puppet.
2: No, yeah. no, 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 no. Okay, but it is. It is. They're more of a puppet than the people in Iran, right? Like Hariri is I, definitely I there saying, was a yes. okay. the, the the thing, but and also what I what I noticed is that the protesters in Lebanon and Iraq were mature enough to know that this was just like. This was just like a rearranging of uh, not really changing the government. It was just a rearrangement of people. And that's why the protesters were like, yeah, no, sorry, not good enough, right? Um, Yeah, so it continues. And and yeah, the protests continue in Lebanon and Iraq because they do realize these resignations. Like the the people that they want to bring on in power are gonna still be chosen by the same bureaucracy by the same people in power that they're against. They're like, no, we don't want you to just move people around. We want you to completely change the system, right? So that's why the people. But but I agree with you. It's still significant, given that they managed to do anything. But it it will be it's less significant than removing like somebody as big as, I don't know, like Khamenei or something like that. Like yeah. this is, right. Yeah, so, and, and again, so, a lot of these puppets that I'm talking about in Lebanon and Iraq are puppets of Iran.
1: Right. So, but, but the, the question, right. Yeah. Is that, uh, what, what do you think happens to me? There's, so there's, there's another kind of interesting, well, that, that that's another question I have for you, but what do you think happens when they're considering the differences between this and previous protests so you already said that yes, you know, the people have to win once where the gov- government has to win every single time. Right. But but w- what are you seeing
2: this time? I like, I don't I usually don't do predictions because I could tell you Of course you, you do. You do it all the time. No, I do scenarios. It's, it's okay, here's his here's a okay, trick. Here's a trick. Here's a trick for you not to get clips people playing uh, like one year from now like army you said this and it didn't happen so why should i ever trust you again right the trick of never falling for that is instead of predicting something give multiple things that could happen <laughs> right and nobody could then ever use that against you right because if anybody let me tell you something here's another
1: trick who, ca- who cares what they use against you? just okay fine give no, scenarios and then say t- okay. tell me which no, one you think is no most but likely. here's
2: another thing Any, anybody that tells you that this is what's going to happen don't listen to those people because they don't know these things uh, even if they end up being right okay you know people you know if people give you certain outcomes don't believe those people these are there's are so many external factors that are at play that uh, that it's impossible unless like you're ai or something it's impossible for you to Come up with an accurate prediction of what's going to happen, right? And anybody okay. that gives you predictions and they're certain about their predictions, e- don't trust those people, even if by chance they happen to be be right. Okay, I, I, you know, yeah, right.
1: Okay, so, so so to tell me your non non prediction scenarios.
2: Well, okay, so the. Pro- non prediction scenarios, right? So let's see, let's look at all the scenarios and see. And well, maybe Parcel could help us add to the scenarios, right? But and see, then think which one is more likely. The scenario, scenario number one government will completely demolish all the protesters. Uh, you know, two weeks from now, there will be no protests, and you know, people. Uh, and people will become demoralized uh, of doing any other protest because they see like, look, we tried this in t- 2009, we tried this in 2018, and now we're trying this in 2019. And all we have to show for is more dead people and, you know, and and more destructions in the streets. We never so maybe less people will show up in the street next time there's a protest because like what do we have to show for with all these protests so that's you know and that's what and that's that would be the most best scenario for the government right and this is this is a scenario that they're hoping for and that's why they're going out full force out right from the beginning so that to shut it down early to demoralize people and there's no protest ever again right scenario number two and um Scenario number two would be uh, that the protests will still be shut down and it will die out within a few days, but people are not demoralized and the next round of protests that happens two or three months from now uh, is going to be bigger than this one. So people could see that there's a natural, there's a progression. Like even though the protests didn't work, it seems like they are pushing back against the government stronger every time. And at some point, the progression is going to be so high that it's going to everything is going to fall and they're going Mm -hmm. to take over. So even though the government won uh, this round, we're we're becoming better, stronger every time. And obviously, number three is like, this is going to be it. (laughs) This is going to be the time where the level of aggression from both sides is so much that it's going to go spiral out of control. It's just going to be nonstop protests. The government, at some point, is going to be given, for, for, be forced into giving be given, you know, give some of the, given to some of the demands. But as soon as they give in to some of the demands, people are going to be like, yeah, no, not good enough. Uh, and not only it's not going to get people to go home. The fact that they do give in to their demands is going to motivate people to keep asking for more. And it's just going to become full-on bloodbath, and the gov, and the, and the, then the government is going to call out its forces from uh, Iraq. It's going to call in Hashd al-Shaabi. Like, holy shit, this is getting too crazy. We don't have enough forces. Uh, we need to bring in the Hashdashabi from Iraq. We need to bring in Hezbollah from Lebanon. We need to bring the Fatimiyun from Pakistan and Afghanistan and go on full force. And it's just going to be like a, a couple of, I don't know, months or years of war. And this scenario probably will happen only if, because the reason why I'm very skeptical about this last scenario is because the government has so much of the, so much firepower. Right compared to the people, so I don't know how it could escalate to this level. The only way that it could it could escalate to this level is in one in two two only two things could make this last scenario happen: either people somehow get access to guns or so, in some way, or you have some generals or some people from the Artesh breaking ranks and trying to take advantage of the opportunity and try to have a coup d'état, right? Try to have a coup, right? Yeah. So, and I think that maybe the second one is more likely, right? And again, we have to remember that the two main military sources in Iran is one of them is the IRGC, which is the Sepah, which is more ideologically driven, and then you have the Artesh, which is which was there pre, which predates the Islamic Revolution of 1979. It comes back from the Shah's era um they uh, and the whole point of having the irgc is to make sure that they don't ever start a coup right yeah Uh, yeah. so if you think the
1: second scenario
2: yeah i mean if you can if you can find some military again let me know in the live chat if you disagree with this or not if situation escalates because the people don't have the firepower to keep on going but the only scenario that i can see that might give that, that might tip the the uh, everything towards the people is that if it keeps escalating to a level where some general or some or maybe even the people from uh, lower ranks of both the sepah and the artesh keep saying like you know what i'm going to join the people either for opportunistic reasons or for from ideological reasons be like we're killing too many of our own people i joined the military because i wanted to kill iran's enemies i didn't want to join the military for, to point the guns at my, at my own people what the hell this is not okay and if they well, if more of the more and more of them start uh, breaking ranks and joining the people that could tip the powers uh, towards yeah, the people yeah. that's the only well, what
1: what happened to the Basigi? Are they still a thing or the Basiji is They're part of the irgc
2: you know. Okay, so the Basij is they, like, yeah, but they're
1: separate, right? I mean they're not
2: like no, the, no. Uh, okay. The Basij has okay, so again, so we have the Artish, which was used to be, you know, pre Islamic revolution, pre-revolution, revolution, yeah. that's the thing. The IRGC has five you know sections, right? You have mm-hmm. the the Air Force, the ground force, um, and the you know, the navy, right? But okay. the two one the two parts that gets the most media attention is the Quds Army and the Besiege,
1: right? So, so like, IRGC, for those who don't know, it actually stands for the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps, yeah. Corps or something. Right? So yes, it's a, yeah, it's a, they're, so they're actually connected to the, the, the revolution. Which was
2: made by Khomeini originally to, to, as an anti-coup measure, but it grew to something so much bigger. It grew to something so big that it owns a lot of Iran's economy. Right. They Mm. have monopoly over a lot of Iran's economy. So usually they're on the news because of the two last last ones, either because of the Quds. The Quds army is Iran's kind of like CIA and foreign intervention. And that's why the Quds army gets a lot of attention because it's basically Iran's way of meddling in its neighbors, you know, in Iraq in 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 Lebanon everywhere. Right. Uh, You know, Soleimani is like a natural hero for all the people that like the regime. Uh, And the Basij gets a lot of attention because Basij are the people that basically show up in the streets and they're not wearing any military, uh, you know, clothing and they just show up and just just, to just beat the shit out of the protesters or anybody that is acting uh, un-Islamically. So that's Mm -hmm. why they get a lot of attention as well, right? So they are, yeah, they are pretty much active. The the part, okay, so the, the IRGC is under the you know, part of the hardliners. Right. But there are some yeah. other, like these are the two main forces, but there are other forces as well. Like we have Nireh and Tizami, We have the et Talad. So the Nireh and Tizami is kind of like the police that's under the um, Vezerate Talad, which is the intelligence ministry. Those two are part of uh, are under Rouhani. They are not under Khamenei. Right. So it's very interesting because a lot of people are like, "Oh, the reformers! The reformers are so nice." But if you look at what the Talat and what the um, the what 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 rohani's uh, um, forces do to people, people like, look, the the reformers are also extremely brutal to people, and the the, the The intelligence ministry, which is supposed to be under Rouhani and Rouhani, who's supposed to be a reformer, is working actively with IRGC to find the leaders on the ground, the people that they're supposed to be arresting or intimidating. And people are like, look, they're working with each other. So don't tell us like, oh, reformers, hardliners, they're all the same. Let me see what Parsa has to say because he has some good insight. Um... Parsa, if you have anything that you want me to read, like ta- like yeah. use tag us or use those red balloons or something, right?
1: Red balloons, red balloons. No, uh, are, I have another question for you, Armin. Yeah, go ahead. There's another thing that's related to this that recently happened, right? Uh, regarding Iran, that we have to talk about that here as well. Uh, with the time that we have left, which uh, is about, I think we have about uh, 20 more minutes, so. And we've been incorporating some uh, patron questions or uh, listener questions the entire time, so we'll we'll totally keep on doing that right now. So if you have any additional questions, is tag sexual uh, se- sexual jihadist? Mm-hmm. Keep saying that tag secular yeah. jihadists. And, and and we'll 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 get to as many as we can. So um, leaked cables from Iran, right? From around starting around two thousand three um after the the war the Iraq war uh over an extended period of time translated into Farsi uh translated from Farsi right and they were um the, someone from within Iran it seems has leaked these cables to the intercept so I uh, uh, the uh, I think they went to uh, Murtaza Hussein who's you know our friend Murtaza Hussein we've had some run-ins with him in the past uh, he uh, uh he he He's done, I mean, he basically did all the work on them. And they showed that Iran actually really has a lot of control over Iraq's government. It was something yes. you kind of always new.
2: We knew that, but we have confirmation now.
1: Yeah, so there's confirmation. So do you know You know about these leak cables, right? Or yeah, you,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. So they but showed like there was that, an
1: immense amount of Iranian yeah, but, influence. But, but it Iraq. came
2: out, and I was like, yeah, we know this. But then I also realized that. For, for news agencies to be able to verify these things that we already knew, there needs to be a leak like this. So at first yeah. I was like, well, really? You guys just figured this out? But then I also like, okay, fine.
1: It, yeah, no, it's, it's not just figuring it out. It's like you know, people knew they'd figured it out, but right. to actually see it,
2: no, writing the writing you don't pretty have, it's pretty crazy.
1: I mean, there's 700 pages of intelligence documents. These I, are, this is something that came... These are confidential cables and documents from... And, and, and here's the okay. Here's a he's the, here's a real story. So yeah, we already knew that they had a lot of influence. The question is that who in Iran's Ministry of Intelligence, right, mm. has leaked these documents to the Intercept? Right. Like who is there? What what is happening? And I mean, we've heard about like this fracturing within the establishment, within the regime, and everything. But how did these things get out? These are super, super confidential documents yeah. that are directly from Iran's Ministry of Intelligence. They they weren't just released the way that they are, they were translated hmm. and then given to the intercept from oh, well, from what I'm reading. That's, Correct me, that's, me if I'm wrong, but that's but, that's what it seems like. I, I don't so know. So that if I, like... I think is the main story. Yeah, but seven hundred pages, seven hundred pages of documents. I don't know if
2: it was from the same leak or another leak, but another information that just came out of that was that Iran is actively trying to hire former CIA agents in Iraq.
1: Okay, so yes, this actually was in the document. So what happened was uh, that uh, there were a lot of Iraqis who were working with the CIA, right, during the U.S. Uh, you know the presence in Iraq and the, yeah. the Iraq War, and eventually, what happened is Iran poached them. Yes. So now they are, and this is there is evidence that there are many many Iraqis. These documents actually reveal that there are many many Iraqis who were once working with the CIA, CIA? or they are now working with Iranian. Intelligence. Probably so this is, the coming from the is probably, intelligence Yeah,
2: yeah, from. yeah. But this is pretty. I mean, that's pretty smart for Iran to be hiring former CIA agents in Iraq, right? But let me tell you the reason why Iran has such a such a powerful grip over, um, you know the. And I, I don't see this from a conspiracy... It's not a, You know, a lot of people, when they um, when they say deep state, they're talking about conspiracy theories. But before these conspiracy theories, deep state was a real thing. Like, it's a real thing. You're just talking about the technocrats that don't change. That's all it is. Forget the conspiracy theories. We're just talking about the technocrats behind the people that get elected that don't change, right? The reason yeah. why Iran has such a huge, you know, influence over the people... Uh, in Iraq over the deep, you know, the deep state of Iraq uh, behind the people that are keep getting moved around is because of because Iran was working on Iraq way before Saddam was being removed. Like the people that Iran has now in Iraq are the same people. A lot of them are the same people that Iran was gaining influence uh, on against Saddam, right? For a yeah. very long time. right, And it's very easy given the theological closeness Iran, uh, Iran's Shia regime has with a lot of Shias in Iraq, right? And how a lot of people wanted to lose the, within Iraq knew that the ideology, the Shia ideology in Iraq is such a great way for them to take opportunity of the mass support of the people of Iraq for like Shia clerics, if the right opportunity presents itself. So for many years, they were preparing for something like the removal of Saddam and eventually it paid off big time. But another thing I want to point out, I want to bring back to the uh, conversation back to Iran, is with regards to, you know, the predictions that you man- mentioned. One thing that I can't wrap my head around is that the plans that, these people, the people in Iran that support removing the government, right? I, f- I, get, and I, and I know, uh, I think I'm gonna get criticized for this by a lot of Iranians, but I don't know how they're gonna be able to manage the country after they maybe they have, maybe they can, maybe they can't. I just can't wrap my head around it, right? Like, if this government yeah. falls, what is like, I think a lot of the scenarios of what's going to happen right after to me seems a bit too optimistic like
1: Mm.
2: I mean I'm hoping I'm wrong but the idea is that when this government falls what's going to happen when and if this government falls what's going to happen is we're going to have secular democracy yay congratulations Iran you made it Uh, but how realistic is that given that one At least 10 million, in at least, I think, at least 10 million people in Iran. Again, this is a completely, you know, this is a hypothesis when I say 10 million, right? So if you say like, I mean, where are your sources for this? This is just an educated guess. I have no sources for this. And nobody has any sources for this. This is just an educated guess. So take it with a grain of salt. It could be completely wrong. It's not a theory. It's a hypothesis. But I think at least 10 million people in Iran support the Islamic Republic, okay? Out of 80 million, okay? At least. D- where are these people going to go? Like, they, you know, they want an Islamic regime. Like what are you going to do with them, right? And out of these 10 million, how many of them are willing to die for Khamenei? Like let's be just the most conservative possible like if you look at the protesters that are coming out now right they're they're a fraction of the population they're a very small fraction of the population but it's still significant because a small fraction of the population if it's big enough it could make a lot of it could make a big change like even in 1979 revolution the islamic revolution which brought khomeini, which brought khomeini that wasn't, that was a small, like the, if you look at the streets, so you show how many people showed up in the street, you're like, holy shit, that's a lot of people. But if you look at the total population of the country, it's still a tiny fraction of the entire country, right? But what you can, yeah, but- you, you can still topple the government. If, even if you're a small fraction of the gov- uh, of the, of the entire population, if it's big enough, you could still topple governments with that. What I'm saying is that, yes, we have a lot of protesters now in the streets. But but out of that ten million, if a hundred thousand of them, if a hundred thousand of that ten million are willing to become martyrs for Khomeini or for an Islamic Republic, how is it possible in that situation to have a secular democracy? That's like an army, right? A hundred thousand. I don't know. Yeah. Like, but and, but there's but, a.
1: It's. A, I, I, this is why I think. This is why I think this stuff is way too complicated to speculate about, even though I know I asked you to speculate. But US, the, the, yeah. but, but um, so just because there are people who want an Islamic republic at this point doesn't mean that those people would want to support this regime if they can't afford gas, if they're unemployed, if inflation is to the roof, and if they feel like, the Iranian government is lying by saying, oh, we're going to give 60 million people oil rations or gas rations, and mm. they're doing it by like increasing oil prices and all of that crap. So they may even see the government as, uh, e- even if they support the Islamic Republic, those 10 million, they're, they're not going to have straight-cut answers to this stuff. I mean, there's also pro-reform people, there's pro like, but hard But re- it's and, more
2: than that. Like, like what I hear from the people, they call themselves bandas and which are pro toppling the government. And I'm and I'm pro toppling the government. Right. Mm-hmm. But the concern from some people is that, look, we li- like people say, like, look, when we when we remove this government, people are going to get together. And if we have a secular demo- democracy where everybody is represented, people are going to be happy and people are going to just accept this new secular democracy. Right, okay. this is uh, this is what is being told to us right now, right, by a lot of protesters, and I'm hoping they're right, and I'm hoping that's true. I just don't know how likely that is. Right, it just seemed a bit too optimistic, given that here's the thing: we have it's not just the religious fundamentalists that are not going to be happy with a secular democracy. We also have the Turks that might want to become independent, and the kurds that might might want to become independent. And then the, the system that might, might become independent and then the Arabs mm-hmm. um, in, you know, in Khuzestan that might want to become independent. And Huzestan, when I if, yeah. yeah so like a lot of people are like there's okay, a question about
1: Khusistan here too so
2: I guess, yeah oh somebody asked about okay so people are like okay look yeah. if we if we remove this government the country is going to just turn into a whole bunch of small little pieces it's going to and it, because Iranians have a lot of national pride that's the worst scenario for them like they're like no we we will some people are saying like we'll we'll keep this government if it will prevent the country be, being turned into pieces but a lot of people are saying that are that are pro. The toppling the government are gonna say like no, that's never gonna happen. That's that's I Armin, mean, you're pushing government narratives. You're pushing government propaganda, right? They're like I Armin, mean, what mm. you're saying is what the Islamic Republic of Iran is trying to say, tell to people. To fear, to to spread fear, to, to so that people don't protest. Be like, hey, listen, yeah, you might hate us, but we're the only thing that keep is keeping the country together. If we remove us, your country is gonna turn into seven different pieces, right? And they're like, I Armin, mean, why would you push that narrative? That's Islamic Republic's uh, narrative. And they, 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 they push back against what I have to say is like, listen, if we have a secular democracy, the reason why the Turks want to have their own independence the, and the, the, the reason why the Kurds want to have their own, depe- their own de- independence and the Arabs want to become independent from Iran and the Sissam-Balachistan, mm-hmm. Sissab- the reason is because we have such a shit government. If we have a secular democracy where everyone is represented, they would want to stay with Iran. They would yeah. want to stay with Iran and, and they would not want to become separate from Iran and they're going to stay and it's going to become one great you know, you, yeah. you know, utopia. And I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe not, because at least the Kurds have been wanting independence for like the, the dream of independence for the Kurds, for example, predates the Islamic Republic, right? This is, this, they, they've been dreaming about this since World War I. Right? To have yeah. it for, for, for them to have a land free from any of these four countries, uh, free from Iraq or Iran or Turkey or Syria that they could call Kurdistan. So I don't know how good of a secular democracy are you going to give the course for them to be like, not take advantage of this situation and be like, yes, this is not Kurdistan. Sorry, goodbye. See you later. Um, and also, the, at least the Arab part, which is uh, of Iran, which is uh, Khuzestan. Um, a lot of them, to be fair, have anti-Persian sentiments, right? There's a lot of racism. Yeah. A lot of Persians hate Arabs and a lot of Arabs hate Persians. So even with a secular democracy, a lot of those Arabs might be like, yeah, thank you. But no, thank you. Um, so I don't know. I don't, Again, I don't know if I'm wrong about this. Correct me. I'm not trying to. Um, I know I, every time I talk about this. I lose Iranian fans the reason why I lose Iranian fans is because saying this might demoralize some people might try to from protesting but I could but I'll tell you this this government has to fall okay I am one of those Berendosan people so even if I'm showing concern about what's going to happen after this government falls. I will support anything that topples this government, right? But just forgive me for showing concerns for what's going to happen, right?
1: Yeah. OK, so we have uh, very little time left, so really, really quick questions. So the Beej is asking, is it possible the government sections might turn on the government and stand with the people?
2: That's that was what we were talk- talking about. Like, so
1: right we here. saw, by the way, there, there, well, there were some videos like this I saw in, in the protests from in 2009. 20-
2: no, and also a 20, couple where... No, 2018. You mean 2018?
1: T- yeah, 2018. Yeah, 2018, sorry. So where the, there the, were...
2: People burning their the the bestiege
1: card.
2: Right. So... The yeah, ble- they, were, they
1: were like... They were cornering like these besieged people. They're cornering the RGC people. And they were saying... And then these people were showing... They're like, okay, no, you know what? I can't fire on you. I can't... It's, so they're, they're trying to get the sympathies of... of that these, is uh, going to be
2: the key. That is going to be the key, okay? And I'll tell you to whoever is a band of them, to all the people that want to be topple this government, you cannot, you should not see the best siege people, not the, maybe the high ops see them as your enemy, but these low ranking best siege people or Niren Tizami, try
1: to win them over. Try you have to, to
2: try to win them over. You cannot see them as the enemy. If you want to topple this government, you have to win their hearts and minds, okay? And this is what Khomeini realized. <laughs> Khomeini was clever enough when when they were coming. He was like, "Oh, put flowers in the," um, you know, in the 1979 revolution. Khomeini was clever enough to tell the protesters to go take flowers. And put it in the guns of the soldiers. Just put the gun, put the flowers inside the the gun hole or whatever that is. I don't know what they're called. I don't yeah. know. But okay. So that was a strategy. But then, by the way, I'm not defending Khomeini because once he took over, he started killing everybody left and right. There was mass, like mass, like, everybody. mass. Armin is
1: not defending Khomeini.
2: No, I'll get accused. Victor. But Ali, I do get accused. You have no. Here's another problem with the opposition opposition groups in Iran. Okay, this is a major. The, a, cancer that is making the all the anti islamic republic opposition groups they are they're not united because they keep accusing each other of being puppets of the islamic republic i have been accused ali i have been accused of being an okay. agent of the islamic republic of iran and every Masih Ali has been accused of that. And I don't know what I, this she's been accused more than anyone else of being a puppet of the Islamic Republic of Iran. Anybody that just says or does something that remotely disagrees with your way of removing the government, or maybe doesn't completely is not completely certain about removing the government, they get accused of being puppets of the Islamic Republic, uh, puppets of the Islamic Republic. And there's a lot of division with between anti-government forces, anti-government activists, right? And if they want to see any hope for removing the government, they have to just cut, it, cut out all the conspiracy theories and start getting united. That's one thing that I, I, I'll i be more hopeful with this whole movement working, if I see less conspiracy theories and more unity among all... Unity... Ev- by the way, not, not unity among everybody, because there are some forces that are worse than the Islamic Republic. And I just want to warn people not to share anything that comes out from Maryam Rajavi, OK, the MEK, Who? Maryam Rajavi. You don't know her?
1: Oh, no, I don't know her.
2: Let me no. let me see. So do you know M- the MEK? No, I don't No. no. The, OK, so the Mujahideen Khalq. Do you know that? Do you know yeah, that? I, know. Okay, I know. Okay. So that's my, that's that's my image. Okay. Ever since her okay. husband either was killed or disappeared, she's now leading that organization. Okay. So they are they are um, the do, they are also, I guess, Islamic Republic of Iran, and they are they were supported by United States for some uh, fucked up reason. They're a terrorist group that Rudy Giuliani supported and John Bolton supported. They got a lot of funding, but they're a terrorist group do not they're going to try to take advantage of these protests to become more relevant they have virtually zero support among the iranian people if there's anything the iranian people could be united on is their hatred for the MBK, is their hatred for the mojaddidin e and is their hatred for maryam rajavi but because they're very well funded they have they have a lot of powerful social media presence be careful not to retweet them they are not part of the opposition that is that is supported by the people in Iran uh, they are hated more than the, uh, they are hated more than the Islamic Republic and one way to figure out if your the the tweets that you're posting is from the M.K. if you see too much yellow in the signs that people are holding do not retweet those if you see a lot of yellow <laughs> if people are wearing a lot of yellow colors or if they're holding signs that are yellow then there's likely they are the M.E.K. So do not share that. Very complicated. Do not share that.
1: Okay. So, okay, anyway, we're going to go. Okay, Armin, quick answers now, quick answers. Okay, we've got like three, four more minutes. Okay. All right. So uh, Afif Kaja is asking, are protesters rejecting the Islamic Republic because they want democracy and secular humanism in Iran, or are they just dissatisfied with the current regime? I think you've talked about this yes, earlier that
2: yes. And yes, both, to both. Both. <laughs> both, both and so uh, both to yes to both of them. And there's a lot of mm, overlap between the people that yeah. are, yeah. Okay. Go ahead.
1: Faraz is answering free out frost candy saying they want a secular democracy for the most part. Some want monarchy back. That's a monarchy of the shot. Okay. That's Overall. a huge,
2: that's a big, okay. The monarchy backbone is another major disagreement people are having. Okay. So, if you listen to the protest that uh, chance that people are having in, like right now there's more than a hundred cities in Iran guys, this is how intense the situation is the, the reports are that more than a hundred cities in Iran are having protests that's insane I, I i do not know if I should believe that or not okay but they what what is also being reported is that you can't go into you can't find one city that at least one of the chances is not uh Reza Shah Ru Shah. Or like, the, or, or demanding for the the son of the former, you know, the prince, the you know, uh, Reza Pahlavi, to come, who is right now in the United States, to come back for him to lead. Like they want the Pahlavi regime, the the monarchy, to come back to Iraq because they have uh, like these me- memories, right, of what the Pahlavi regime used to be like before the Islamic Republic, right? So some people are mm-hmm. some people are saying that is the main opposition group. And, and that's what everybody should be uniting around. And some people are saying, no, fuck that. We, we don't want a monarch. We don't want any, any type of monarchy. We want a secular democracy. Uh, and there's a lot of in-between. The in-betweens take uh, a couple of forms. One people are saying like, hey, we respect Reza Pahlavi because his father was so great and everything. Uh, we respect him. Uh, But we don't want a monarchy. He can just support us with his messages, with his Twitter account, meeting people. But obviously we don't want him as the king. We don't want kings. Kings are over. Uh, We want a secular democracy, but we appreciate his support. Uh, And they also point out that he himself said that he doesn't want he he doesn't support monarchy. So so given that he himself has said that, so yes, let's Stop. That's not right. re- okay. But but there's another 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 group of people that are saying no fuck him as well because yeah because his father was a dictator even though this regime is worse but his father was also a dictator and part of his dictatorship is the reason why people protested and made things worse which brought the Islamic Republic. So we have many yep. views. Okay. Some people want to unite around the the monarchs. Some people are like no. Fuck the monarchs. We want a secular democracy. So there's a whole division between the protesters on that as well. But go on.
1: Okay. Two more questions. Uh, Afif is also saying, he's like, which Islamic country is most likely to become democratic in the next 50 years? I'm kind of an optimist on this. I'm just seeing way too much stuff happening. I think it'll be more than just a few uh, because we're talking about 50 years and things are happening really, really fast. I mean, even in the last 10 years. And we've talked about it a lot on this podcast. But if you're talking about which one's going to be first... Um, well, can we I, keep the
2: ones that we already have, like
1: Tunisia? <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we have Tunisia. I mean, Turkey kind of was like a quasi right. thing. But uh, there's... And now the thing is, officially, there are a lot of them. Like Pakistan is a democracy, officially. Bangladesh is a democracy, officially. officially. Right. And so a, a, there are many of these countries that are officially democracies. But uh, they don't, it doesn't really play out that way, right? It doesn't like, Turkey is supposed to be a parliamentary democracy, but I mean, the, come on. Yeah,
2: I mean, right? the problem is that a lot of them are going backward, right? So, They're going backward. Turkey is the best of, example of we that. We made a lot of progress in Tunisia. It's still not complete, but we made a lot Indonesia. of progress. Indonesia. Algeria recently, we we're making a lot of progress. So I hope that doesn't go backward. Mm-hmm. Morocco, we made a lot of progress. I hope that doesn't go backwards, right? So, a lot of them are actually North. It's very interesting, actually, Ali, because a lot of them that have made the best progress are North mm -hmm. African, which doesn't... North African Islamic countries, which don't get as much attention as Middle Eastern Islamic countries.
1: Yeah, they don't. It is a matter of, like, a lot of it has to do with... We saw that in the Arab Spring, like, where a lot of the momentum was. Uh, the, the other thing I would say, I, I I would think that when it comes to a proper democracy within the next fifty years or maybe earlier, I really feel like at some point Iran Sudan. is going to break, and I think Iran's going to be Sudan that, that well. country. We
2: need some episodes huh? on we need some episodes on Sudan, Libya, Algeria, and Tunisia, and Morocco.
1: Yeah, I actually just uh, recently made contact with a Nigerian
2: uh, ex-Muslim atheist. Is, yeah,
1: okay. So. So yeah, we're gonna talk, and and then so, we need Nigeria as well, but for,
2: we need Nigeria as well, but for a different reason. Nigeria, we need an episode for because of ideological reasons, but for political, like revolutionary protest, uh, secularism-related stuff. We need Sudan, uh, Libya, Tunisia, Algeria, and Morocco. Yeah yeah yeah. We,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So yeah, we're gonna now. The thing is, uh, the, the, I think I really do think it's a Iran. I feel like Iran is kind of ahead of scheduled in a lot of ways so i feel like a lot of these uh these arab countries and i've said this before on the show a lot a lot of the arab countries that that have or have had secular dictatorships in the past or dictatorships in the past right relatively secular like iraq like syria like uh, like libya was like egypt was so all these countries they they have to go through Whenever these uh dictatorships come down their the resurgence that the, what replaces it democratically often mm. is an Islamic kind of force. So in, in Syria, you saw that eventually everything morphs into an Islamic thing, the the opposition, the Free Syrian Army, and then, you know, eventually ISIS, you know, there's a wide range. Uh, in Egypt, you saw that with Mohammed Morsi and uh, the Muslim Brotherhood that got elected. With just one second. So I, I think that, and I, and I kind of think that that happened with Iran after the fall of the Shah. And then you had this, you know, this sort of multi-tiered, revolution that included a lot of different groups, but eventually you know, it, it is the Islamic regime that took over. So Iran is kind of ahead of the curve on that. And I feel like you have to, a lot of these countries, most the majority countries have to go through this because when dictatorships are in power, the only uh, uh, opposition parties in, against dictators in those parts of the world that have the ability to organize, provide social services and operate independently, and that are the most ready to lead and have built communities um, when these dictators fall are the islamic uh, organizations and then so they go through that phase and once that falls unfortunately it takes it took a very long time in iran i hope it takes less time in the other countries but i i, I think it's at the point where it's, it's going to crack and it's going to fall uh, so, any day now and so i feel like when it does happen it'll be very fast
2: so just to give some because you, I, i'm not uh, because you gave some optimistic Narratives. I'm going to give some pessimistic. Please, yeah, piss on. I'm going to piss on it a little bit. Not just not because it's not just because it's. I don't know if it's true or not, but just to give you the counter narrative. The counter narrative is that the problems with Iran, Iraq, and Lebanon right now is that we might become a little bit optimistic because we see the protest protesters. But the ideological things that made the sectarianism or the dictatorship possible, sectarianism in Iraq and Lebanon and authoritarianism in Iran, the ideological forces behind that might be a little bit more deep-rooted in the people than people are willing to admit, right? It might be like... These are like the silent majority. I don't like, like for example, if you see the protests in Iraq, you might be like, and you see the protests. And you, the, I, I don't know if you saw it, Ali. There was a video of protests in Iraq, and they were saying, "No to Sunnis, no to Shia, secularism, secularism." Did you see that video? That was uh, a no. very powerful video. And I, I mean, when I when I saw that video, my heart sank. Like I felt so, I felt emotional. I almost cried. Like it was beautiful. But how many people do they rep- the, the, how many people do they represent in Iraq? The, That's I, another the, question the fact- I'm seeing a
1: lot. Like, how many people are truly secular minded? Right. Like,
2: like the, the the fact is, like, yeah, the protesters are out, and it's great in Iraq and in Lebanon. But the fact that there's also a shit ton of Shias in Iraq that hates Sunnis, and the fact mm. that there's a shit ton of Sunnis in Iraq that hates Shias, and the fact that the Kurds in Iraq, if they could completely get separated from... Like, they the Kurds in Iraq, they don't give a shit about Iraq. Like, they refer to the Kurdistan part of Iraq as if it's already its own country, right? They don't see themselves as Iraqis, right? These, are, yeah. these sectarianism is deep-rooted in the people. Or in Lebanon, like, like people in Lebanon are protesting. And they, they're demanding an end to sectarianism. They're like, what the kind of. We have a government that the prime minister needs to be Sunni, the president needs to be a Christian, and the head of the parliament needs to be a Shia. What the fuck is this? Like, how is this? How is. Like, how, how do we have so much sectarianism within the. With, with how we govern the entire country? And they're like, we, we, we want that to end. And we see the protests and we get hopeful. But how deep rooted is that in, in the people? why was if that is if if it if it is deep in the in most of the people how is it that hezbollah keeps getting more and more votes in every elections right why is it has why 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 are christians in hezbollah why, sorry christians in lebanon holding hezbollah pictures how is that happening Right? Like you see, you know, how how is Hezbollah getting more and more support in Lebanon? Like there's two sides to this coin, like there's the other side as well. You look at Iran, you see the protests, you see like, wow, people want secular democracy, that's amazing. But how many people does the government, how many people support the Islamic Republic? How many people do not support the Islamic government, but want another Shia regime? Right? How many people in Iran are like, yeah, this government is shit, We we hate Khamenei. Well, the alternative that they want is another Shia theocracy. How many of them are like that? I don't know. You know why I don't know? Because there's not that many reliable polls <laughs> out there to figure this out. But I'm just saying a lot, it might be like, yes, there might be a lot of demands for secular democracy. But a lot of the problems that we have, I don't know how much of, how much of this ideology is actually Held by the people as well. Yeah,
1: it is. Yeah, it's and it's really hard to tell. I mean, a lot of times people try to ask Iranians, uh, the Iranian diaspora, and you know, if you go to Los Angeles, you go to the Persian community in California. You know, they're all like Shah supporters. A lot of them are very, very secular. Um, they they're atheists. You know, they they reject Islam. They reject every. And then you know, you come to other places. Like for example, my uh, my 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 brother is married to an Iranian woman, and then you know, she so her her family is actually. Uh, it's a mixture of everything. Some people are they're all religious. Uh, some of them are pro Khomeini, others are anti- Khomeini, but uh, they they all happen to be religious, so to a varying degrees. so it's it is a very complex kind of thing, and the conversations that they have are, are really interesting. So so yeah, let's see what happens. I think we might end up doing another if something major happens, uh, I would probably get together and uh, right, you know, whatever kinda- it is, even if I'm on the phone, we'd have another um, uh, sort of episode on this. Okay, I just got, I just. I
2: just right now got another message from, uh, I- from I- I- message from Iran, and people. They're they're telling me that the people that did burn the Qurans and the religious like, in the Islamic Jose. You know what Jose is like. Uh, um religious buildings right yeah and saying yeah. that they have the, they're telling me that they have the videos to show that this was the people not the government right so i'm i don't know i haven't seen the videos my right? those so there, she's saying that the people that are telling you that that's the government that's not true the people that are burning the mosque, it's a, it's not hard to believe or, i mean yeah, it's I'm a, a, i i i'm i'm more on the side of it, it's hard
1: for people. me to believe that it is a people burning the hospitals I'm yes. sure that that's not that. Yeah, and, and but I when think when it if, comes to burning mosques,
2: I, right? I, I would believe this more than the hospital one because the people that I think it's a very desperate attempt to to claim that it's the government burning the Qurans. I bet you, like, a lot of people are like, a lot of people that work for the government, even if the government tells them to burn the Quran, they were like, no, I'm not gonna <laughs> burn <laughs> the fucking Quran. So that's like such conspiracy, high, like, conspiracy level. Uh, nonsense that is coming from some of the pro-Islam but anti-government protesters right so I, be- mm. I because I think that's that's nonsense like I don't think any Basij would ever be able to physically make his own hand like move the flames towards the Quran I think yeah. they would not just like just shoot me I'm not gonna do that right but <laughs> but so, it's, but it, but Shum- to me, it shows a huge desperation. Yeah. So, but let me just tell you this, Ali. The fact that the yeah, the, yeah. the protesters that are against the government but are not anti-Islamic, the fact that they're claiming that the people that are burning the Quran must be from the government, to me, it shows that they're very very scared of division between the protesters because some of the protesters are extremely anti-Islamic and some of them aren't, and they are and the protesters that are not anti-Islamic are trying to ask the anti-Islamic protesters to chill the fuck down when it comes to their anti-Islamic narratives because because they're like, just focus on the government instead of Islam because we're going to lose a lot of support if you go out and burn Qurans and stuff. They're like, because a lot of the people in this country are Muslims and they might support toppling this government and they're like, we're going to lose them if you go out and burn Qurans. so they're very, very scared. Like they're like these anti—they're they're, they're thinking that maybe these anti-Islam people are not helping our cause. But the anti-Islamic protesters, what their response to that will be? Fuck that shit! Islam is the source of all our problems, and I'm not gonna. <laughs> this Islam is the entire reason why we have this regime. So if you were like, hey, don't, let's just go against the government and not against Islam, they were like, well, no, because I don't want to remove this government to bring another government that is Islamic. So I, this, need, this protest needs to be anti-Islamic from the get-go to make it clear exactly what what, we're, you know, what we want, right? So again, those are the two different narratives that you get from the protesters. Yeah. Right.
1: Anyway, we're going yeah, to stay on top of this and then let's see again we might have another episode on this we might have to get back together just to, just to see if something something happens over there if any of you have inf- any information tweet at us uh, let us know email us and and we'll know so uh saying, thank Beej, you very Beej, much for
2: Beej is saying this has been so educational thank you armin and ali thank you beach
1: oh this is uh, this is actually, I think, for Armin. Obviously, this is. I mean, it, it, we are sort of fascinated by this. We're oh, very fa- interested. Uh, Faraz I mean, is saying, Armin, "You
2: guys it's... are awesome. Thank you, Faraz." But go ahead.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, uh, Armin is also it, it, for the, the Armin, for Armin. This is very personal too. I mean, this is a place where he grew up, his whole family and everything uh, like that. So
2: no, no, it's not. There's a lot. It's not. I would have been. The reason why, no, 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 no. Because let me tell you this to me, it's about human beings, right? The reason why I have more to say about this is because the messages that the videos and messages that are coming out of Iran, they're in Persian. Uh, so I understand them and because of m- being from Iran I, I, there's and, and also being in touch with a lot of f- from people from Iran there's a lot that more that I know that I could contribute a lot more that's why I, I the passion is because of the amount of knowledge and because of the amount of nuance that I could contribute to this not because I care about Iranian people more than other people in the world if I could speak Arabic no, don't be saying that no no I'm just yeah, saying yeah. like I'm just saying, I'm just telling you, like, even if I've never been to any Arab country in my whole life, right, but if I could speak Arabic, and if I had the same level of connections to people in Arab countries, I would be... I would be doing more shows about those countries like i I st- we do have actually connections to Arab countries, right? We have a lot of atheist republic members inside Arab countries that are in touch with us, and I, because of that de- because of their influence and because of me being in touch with them, we we do provide more nuance than many other sources on those topics as well. but this real-time, like, I can't read Arabic, so this whole real-time, and I don't, and I, and I can't, like, I, I'm, right now, I'm in touch with a lot of people in Iran that don't speak English, right? So I, and I, they provide, making content that don't speak English, there's a huge delay between, for, for, their content is not being featured right now, but I could li- listen to them, and I could get a more nuanced uh, details. Yeah. That. But it's because of my ability, uh, that I'm providing more information on these things. But I, as, my, as in general, I care about human beings. Uh, I have no um, emotionally, I don't care about the country and the people of a country more because I'm from there. Okay, I care about Iranian people because they're suffering, not because they're Iranian. Okay, I care about them because they're suffering, but not because they're Iranian. I have th- that's not something that affects me. People suffering. Um, and, and the the focus is because of the amount of contributions that I could provide, not because they're Iranian.
1: Okay, yeah. got it. Thank you for correcting me. Okay. And anyway, yeah, it's a yeah, so I'm gonna <laughs> I'm really trying to wrap this up because right. we are out of time, yeah, yeah, anyway. But uh, but uh, Armin, thank you, everybody out there, thank you, everybody who listened. Uh, Afif, uh, Temjin, Anne, uh, Marin, Mars, uh, Bij, Faraz, um. All you guys are, well, there's uh, a lot of people here Khalid, uh, yeah and and then Terra, rising um uh moose all the everybody. Thank you very yeah, I love much. You Mar- guys. Sorry. Thank
2: you for being here with us. And, and, and Parse stay in
1: guys, touch.
2: Yeah. Please share our content. YouTube and Facebook, they don't like us. All the algorithms are working against our content. It's really, really hard for us to grow this podcast, given that the content that we cover is so sensitive, it's not social media friendly. It's really hard for us to grow. Uh, yeah, we've had to get
1: our Twitter account like reinstated at least but, like two or three times in just the last couple of months. Yep,
2: but it's Those getting even worse. Like we, like everybody else that grew before us, they had everything was working in their favor. Now it's so hard for us to grow because algorithm, we don't get recommended as often. We don't show up on people's feeds. Uh, it's really hard to gr- grow given the, how how algorithms are negatively at affecting our shows. So pl- so we really need to rely on our community to spread our content and find more people that will discover us. So please 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 share our content. Share our content even if even if you don't have a lot of fo- followers, it doesn't matter. That just signals to this social media the fact that you're sharing it. Boosts the entire thing that sh- shows the social media that this might be an important content. So just right. share right. it. Just share it. Thank you. And and
1: just if you can do it, if there's one thing you can do, just go and give us a rating on iTunes. Yeah, yeah. And that's one thing that really really helps. Just uh, if there's one thing you can do, that's one thing. Um, uh, and then uh, again, finally, thank you uh, to Jennifer again for the super chat. Really appreciate it. We're gonna see you guys next time. Yes. Uh, take care.
0: Thank you guys. Take care. Bye bye. The Secular Jihadists have been made possible thanks to the Illuminati and the covert support of Israel and the CIA. That's what we have been told, but we haven't received our checks yet. If you like what we do, please support us. Share the podcast with your friends. Write and tweet us with topic and guest suggestions. Or head over to secularjihadists.com and give a dollar or more for exclusive access to live video. Have your questions read and answered on the air and more. Till next time, may the flying spaghetti monster be with you. (laughs) Come <laughs>